Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Welcome to the second of two videos on the laments. And in our first video, we talked about understanding lament. And in this video, we're going to talk about practicing lament. And our expert is Nika Spaulding, who is the resident theologian at um, St. Jude Oak Cliff. Welcome, Nika. Thank you for joining us and sharing what you know about lament. And in this particular video, really helping us understand how to practice lament and when we ought to do that. Yeah. So what, what can you tell us about practicing lament? Yeah, I think the first thing in order to practice lament, it's really important to spend time in the passages of scripture that are laments. And so one of them is literally named after lament. So the book of Lamentations and that book is such a treasure gift because so many times in lament, we don't know the event that's causing the writer to say, hey, this is what's going on. But what's interesting about the book of Lamentations is we know it's from the end of Second Kings when the Babylonians come in and they take out the temple. It's part of the Christian history you can read about in the scriptures. And the question becomes, so what do you do after your beloved temple and your beloved land and your beloved everything has been destroyed by an enemy? And the book of Lamentations is an answer to that. And so what I would encourage people to do who want to practice lament is I would start there. I would read through that book. It's a fairly short book. Honestly, it's only five chapters. Um, it's actually a Hebrew acrostic. So if you remember acrostics, like each letter starts with that first letter and it goes through the Hebrew alphabet in the first four books. And so, and what I think is really beautiful about that book and allows you to practice lament is you actually get the lament from different perspectives. So you have one voice that might be daughter Zion. You have another voice that might be a narrator. You have a voice in Lamentations 3 that's called the strong man. And you have these different, and what that allows you to do is it allows you to see how grief can often be communal. That oftentimes we go through experiences that are individual and then there are times that we go through experiences as a collective whole. And I think in the last couple of years, we can all agree, we've gone through some collective whole stuff as a country and as a, a world. And what Lamentations does for you is one of the most beautiful things that it does is it shows you what the narrator does when he sees how much daughter Zion is suffering. And what he does is he feels empathy. You can actually watch how he moves from an outward observer of like, wow, this is a real bummer what happened to you guys to oh, wow, I am moved. It says his bile spills on the ground and his eyes never cease from crying. And that's a beautiful picture of when the New Testament says we weep with those who weep. We see in Lamentations how that actually takes place, that there's this narrator who sees the destruction, the destruction that she caused through her own failure that she says in the book and yet he says, hey, I'm broken over what's happened to you. And so one of the ways we practice lament is by recognizing it's a communal thing. We grieve together and we grieve for each other is one of the things. 
The second place, of course, you can turn in the scriptures is the Psalms of Lament that we talked about in the first one. So I jotted down just a couple. There's so many, but 6, 13, 22, 44, 86. If you just get a very basic commentary or you go to Bible.org, or I'm sure Kay and I will put some resources out for you guys about what are the Psalms of Lament, it would be worth your time to take a journal and to just work through those Psalms of Lament and begin writing down lines that stand out to you, because those are the same lines that you're going to be able to pray back to God. Songs like, you know, lines like, look at me, listen to my cries, hear my, hear my words, Lord. And then you bring your complaints. How long, how, how, you know, one of the things that's so difficult in Lament is it often takes place when we're not to the end, you know, we don't have, we're in, you know, some people go through things where an event happened, that event is over and you're sort of left to deal with the pieces of that. And then some people are like, we're in a season, we're walking through cancer, we're walking through maybe a divorce, we're walking through an unknown thing. And that's some of the language that you're going to find in the Psalms, how much longer, and you're going to be able to pray these things to God, like the saints of old have done. Um, and then once you get a feeling for what these Psalms are like and what the language of lament is like, another way you can practice lament is to begin to write your own. And I think that that's a really beautiful way that you can participate in this prayer language. So you turn to God, Hey God, you know, I've known you all the days of my life. I remember in the fifth grade when you called me out of my sin and rescued me. I remember when you saved my parents. Where are you now? Where were you when so-and-so got sick? Or where, I know that you're on your throne, but I need you to deal with this situation, right? And that becomes the kind of language that you can begin to write these Psalms. And so one of the things that I think is so important with lament is you don't participate in limit as an outsider, you participate by moving into those spaces and allowing the emotional language to inform and teach you. And then you begin to do it yourself. And, and then I would say, if you are a leader of people, creating services there, you know, the 10 embrace service is something the Roman Catholic church does every year during Holy week. And it's 10 embrace uh, Latin for shadows, but they use the book of lamentations. And what they do is they come and they do this whole service about, Hey Lord, you're going to die on a Friday. And that's scary to us. And of course we know, we know what happens on Sunday, but there's that season that the first disciples between Friday and Sunday, where they're going, this is confusing this is scary. This is hard. And they do these services. And so I'd say if you're a leader of people, I would encourage you to create services where you tell the people we're going to come together and we're going to lament. We're going to practice this inheritance of ours as a Christian people. And we're going to cry out to God for his rescue and his help. I love that. I love that. I know that um, about a year ago, um, we have a study that I wrote um, on the Psalms near to the heart of God. And you, we do laments for two or three weeks. I can't remember now, but anyway, it, we, I rewrote it last year. And one of the assignments was to write your own laments. I wrote my own and <laughs> I reread that this morning and I was just laughing. I thought, you know, I can't believe I read this to anybody because I mean, it is just so dark. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was just, I mean, I was just kind of in a dark place when yeah. I wrote it and, and it was a very real lament to me. Yeah. And, uh, but it just kind of went on and on about all these awful things. And I'm just like, 
Wow. At least I didn't read it to everybody. I wasn't yeah. teaching. I was yeah. just, it was just my small Well, book. and I but, think that's informative though. You know, Kay, I think sometimes there's a, there's an honesty in the Psalms that I think sometimes we don't, you know, it's one thing for David to say it, but I'm like, am I allowed to say this? And I'm going, well, I think it's instructive. And that's why I tell people, you get to the end of Lamentations. And for us, we know the end of the story. We know they're going to rebuild their temple and Jesus is going to come and become the living temple. And then he's going to die and rise again. Like we know the end of that story. They're going to come out of exile. They're going to be brought back to God. But they didn't know the end of that story when they wrote Lamentations. And it leaves you kind of going, ooh, like, you know, what, Lord, you know, it ends with, Lord, unless you've forgotten us forever, I guess we'll just wait. And you're just like, (laughs) can you say that to God? And yet not only can they say it, it's preserved. And I think there's an honesty in those emotions that allows people to to be fully themselves before God, which is how you're supposed to show up. And so sometimes as leaders, I think we have to model that. And sometimes we don't know how the story is going to end. We know how Lamentations ends. We know how the book of Psalms ends. And we, of course, know in the end where we're all going as the people of God toward a full restoration. But these moments of pain and grief in our in our momentary lives now, we don't always know how they're going to end. And there's an honesty in the lament in that season. It really is. And I know when my father died that I had been surrounded by Christians my whole life to that point who just only wanted to look on the bright side of things. And it was like, well, you know, we don't grieve like everybody else. So, you know, we know where he is and we're just going to celebrate that. And there's not going to be really any grieving. And it was, I, I grieved who knows how much longer for him, because when I did grieve, I felt guilty because I thought I'm not supposed to be grieving. And yet yet the the laments show us you are supposed to grieve. That's right. That's right. We don't have Uh, to rush to Sunday. Friday and Saturday are real in our Christian faith. And death is not our friend. And somehow along the way, we decided we were going to make nice with death. And I'm telling you as Christians, we should be able to look at death and go, that is not of the Lord. And I am supposed to grieve that. And I think that that's a healthier expression. And, and, you know, obviously we know where it ends, but we're not asked to not be human in the in-between. Jesus is weeping at times in the scriptures. And I can't imagine somebody putting their hand on his shoulder and be like, hey, buddy, we know how it's all going to, you know, I mean, I I always think about Lazarus dying and he knows he's going to resurrect him. And yet he weeps he weeps. And so I just think there's a more human way of experiencing the Lord that we should call people into and lament is one piece of that. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much. Nike. I I think this is just really um, very helpful. And I really hope that many, many women will take your advice, will read through Lamentations, will learn the language of lament and incorporate that into their own laments. Thanks for having me, Kay. I really appreciate it. We always love having you. You can find many other videos and podcasts on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. And you can contact us through that website as well if you have questions. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring, 
and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller.